most people use online stuff for self-glorification and gratification. Hey, when you just kind of flip the coin a little bit, what a powerful tool for evangelism, encouragement and connectivity. If we could just shift a little bit from who's got the most followers and how famous I am and just shift the emphasis and say, let's communicate kingdom, let's communicate the word, let's communicate community and let's communicate some good leadership principles, it'll change people's lives. You reach people that you've never reached before. This episode of Victory Podcasts, we chat to Louis Els on all things social media, online content, watch parties, and more. Join Sid and myself as we continue our conversation on what is next for the church. I want to just ask a question on the back of what you're saying about, you know, the moment for discipleship that we have right now. Do you have a sense of how discipleship potentially maybe will look slightly different as we move forward as a result of what's just happened in this pause moment? I think it will look only look different because we understand it better, never yeah. that it was supposed to be different. And I think there are those three forms. You know, number one, people's lives get changed through, the con- through being confronted with the message of hope. Uh, and good news. Uh, when I say confronted, I mean a good confrontation, where they get confronted with the ridiculous grace of God, the kindness of a good God, and a Father who loves us and cares about us, and that there's open a future for us in spite of what's happening. That good news preaching that brings hope to a lost and a dying world is a phenomenal first entry-level step to, I want to receive and follow this Jesus or this Christ that has given his life. We yeah. should be preachers, proclaimers of the news. I think secondly, one of the things that I keep on encouraging people with, my life and your life is supposed to be an encouragement. Last Sunday, I preached about the influence of the church in society. Jesus says, be the salt and be the light. And he said, whenever people encounter you, you should draw your saltiness. The flavor that you carry should bring a flavor out of them, you know. And we need to, when we lose, when people encounter us and they don't taste the good news flavor of, of the kingdom, uh, and it's just kind of a bland, bored, monotonous, religious thing that they touch. We're going to have to revisit that. That's why it's so crucial for us to have an intimate relationship with God. Because touching Jesus on a daily basis, touching his word, interacting with him, releases a flavor in us that immediately makes us a flavor wherever we go. There's something about that life and that light. And I say to people, why I'm saying that is because before we try to preach and run courses, our lives should influence people. It's wonderful to hang around with people that just due to their intimate relationship with God, not because of their preaching and teaching, but just their approach to life. The way when I work with somebody, whether I work at a grocery store, whether I work at a attorney firm, whether I'm somewhere in a hospital as a, as a nursing sister or, or wherever I find myself as a teacher, just being around the teacher and the way that they uh, approach their subject matter, the way that they approach uh, a whole group of, of diverse children with diverse personalities, knowing that it's personalities, not principalities you're working with. Uh, when, when you, when your approach to life and the way that you, you draw the best out of them inspires people. What is it that, that makes you positive? What is it that gives you hope? What is it that gives you the tenacity to live life? That's a, phenomenal discipleship too. I think thirdly, it's very important and, and that's one of the things that, that the church have been spoiled with. We spoiled with phenomenal preaching, phenomenal resources that we can watch, but it made us lazy to read the word, study the word and make it our, our own. Because at the end of the day, 
Discipleship is not just giving somebody a good teaching, a good CD, or connecting them with a YouTube channel or a podcast. Discipleship is a personal issue. And, uh, and I'm about to start a new series on, on, the, on the power of community and what it involves, but also not just the joy and the excitement of community, but the discomfort and the complexity of community. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the fact that we're going to have an opportunity to do wonderful online training, because that's a big, big thing that, that we need to revisit. People don't want to just drive to, to meeting places and church buildings anymore. They, uh, we've got wonderful platforms where in a simple way we can teach the gospel in a very meaningful, dynamic way. But at the end of the day, we, I think if we'd learned anything, the importance of community and being connected with somebody is the key of discipling people. So the declaration of the word, the intentional display of God's grace in our lives through influence, and number three, our intentionality to connect with people because we actually do love and care about people's future and eternity is going to be essential for us to revisit and to engage in so that people don't just get invited to big meetings and events and, and fancy stuff online, but they begin to touch what it looks like and feels like to touch people's lives that have been touched by God. You've been briefly chatting about online. For us as Victory Church Cape Town, it was a whole new thing to explore when we went into lockdown. I felt strongly God saying the commission remains the same. The mission remains the same. Just the tools that we were using have shifted changed slightly what place do you see is there for for online i'm sure you, you guys have had your own experiences with it now in, in lockdown i think it's a wonderful opportunity you know i look at you guys there you are skilled equipped empowered to do it and, and, and never did it now we're doing it yeah so here's the story you know people that, that thought they they needed hundreds of thousands rands worth of equipment they need all kinds of training and they need to ridiculously skilled people and i know you guys are skilled but not everybody is equally skilled but people just dare to step out used an iphone uh, used a little bit of internet space that they had and, and started influencing their community and started connecting with their people and i said to somebody the other day you see there's a there's a thing that we need to establish here most people use online stuff for selfish gain and, and, and self-glorification and gratification hey when you just kind of flip the coin a little bit what a powerful tool for evangelism, encouragement, and connectivity. Wow. You know? And, and you can now reach people that you've never reached before. If we could just shift a little bit from who's got the most followers and how famous I am and how good do I look when I'm on and stop worrying about that and just shift the emphasis and say, hey, come on, you know, it's a tool. It's a tool where we constantly criticize what people are doing wrong in the sense of, you know, all the nonsense they talk and the arguments that they put on and the debates people are having and how they judge and condemn one another and how the one tried to be fancier than the other one. That's always the flip side. Satan always perverts things. But if we can just utilize it and say, man, what a tool. If you, I say to the guys, let's communicate kingdom. Let's communicate the word. Let's communicate community. And let's communicate some good leadership principles. That'll change people's lives. You'll reach people that you've never reached before. We have seen people join us online over the past few months from all parts of, around South Africa. We've got regular online visitors from the Middle East, from, uh, from America, from Australia, and from Holland. 
and uh, and they some of them are feeling that they are they are our online members now, and so we're reaching people that we've never reached before, mm-hmm. um, and that's a phenomenal privilege. And I think what we need to do is trust God to skill ourselves more in what we do. There are people that are super skilled and experts on what they've done and been doing it for years. But I think it's taken the average church, especially some of us guys that are in smaller towns and in smaller communities, and put a tool in our hand where we don't have to say to guys, go and watch what some other guy is doing in, in Europe or in America and other parts of South Africa. But yeah, you can get onto our, onto our platform and, and we in our own community can connect with one another and we can reach you. And here's the thing, once you reach them online, and you need to put foot on, feet on the ground to go and physically serve them, you're close by to do it. So I think it's a phenomenal privilege for us and a wonderful opportunity to utilize this, these platforms for the kingdom. Can I just ask, so let's imagine it's all over tomorrow and things are back to whatever level of normality we, we can have. Do you think that you guys will continue with some form of online running parallel to what you're doing in person? Or do you think it will diminish? Do you think there's a there's space for online into the future to reach people? I guess it's my question rather than... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think anybody that has been online at this time, and I want to say this very carefully, not disrespectfully, is foolish if you get off. Yeah. Because, you know, we're in a very different world than what we used to. People realize more than ever before. If this thing was a world event, it's not just a... A, a local event or a, uh, a geographical event in, in the context of, of a continent. It was a worldwide event that has taken or a pandemic that have hit us that caused us all to rethink and forced us all to revisit. And this whole online con- uh, uh, platform or way of communicating has made it possible for, for, for every Joe so to say, I've got, a, I've got a telephone, I've got some formal means to connect with people. We live in a day and a time where people realize I don't have to go physically every week to the same place to be part of it. You know, that's the exciting thing for me. We've got people that are members of our uh, uh, family that are living three, four hours away on farms. The wonderful thing about this now is when it's really bad weather and it's raining and their roads, they can't travel on it. They can now connect with us on a Sunday and feel as much part as when they normally come through. So we're not discontinuing our online specifically for people like that. We live in a day and a time where the way people do life when it comes to school events, sports events, it's now changed as to when it happens and how it happens. Those people that then engage and are away for a weekend with their kids because they have got some training that they need to do or they're away for a sports event, they are blessed and say, you know, we can sit in our hotel room and watch and feel part of our own family. Yeah. Uh, they engage in it. Uh, and then there are people in other parts of the world that kind of stumble onto our website and stumble onto who we are. And, and they got saved. And now they start listening and they got some friends in. And we are now thinking about what our first church plant online will look like. That's amazing. There's a community of four or five or ten people that says we're watching together. So uh, we need to understand that in the future we're going to have, we are, have in-person and online church. We've got in-person fellowship uh, and, 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 and equipping and training that's happening. We've got online equipping and training that's happening. We've got in-person counseling that happens and encouragement that happens. We've got 
online encouragement and, and, and training and equipping that happens. And so I think we, depending on how you grow and how you facilitate and how you use the opportunity, you're going to end up with pastors and leaders that are going to be online pastors. That's really yeah. exciting. Just two things that you said there. The church that I used to be a part of in London, we started an online service five years ago. And I remember a lady flying from Germany because she became a Christian, flying over yeah. to be baptized in one of our in-person services. This is before we used language like in-person and online. And um, my mom's church, a local Afrikaans church here in Cape Town, her pastor does a midweek Bible study and a, they do their service that they stream through the Bible study. You know, you thought if you invite someone to a Bible study in a church building, Chances always feel like they're diminishing for them to come. I'm, I'm going to have a Bible, like maybe come to watch the rugby or a braai or maybe to a service, but Bible study, no. This person watched a Bible study. The gospel was preached. This person got saved. Their first in-person meeting, not only did the person get saved, but then preached the gospel to their family at home. And the whole family came to get baptized at my mom's church come on. because of this. You know, you think like, you know we, we just... Now, I think you're 100% right. My wife, Edna, has just recently had a, a conference for, for the ladies called The Rising. Some people said to us, you know, well, you're wasting your time. People are sick and tired of Zoom and online stuff. Well, yeah, right here in little precious Jeffrey's Bay, she had over 450, 500 people that kind of joined them online. Somewhere in that vicinity, the people were. And yes, the, you know, the goals are always full of ideas and creativity. Uh, so there was an online conference, but they also had an in-person gathering. So they, they had what they called watch parties. Yes. Man. And some of the ladies invited everybody in their street, saved, unsaved, part of the church, not part of the church. And the people were so desperate to come together and have certain things answered and connect. And they just came. One of the ladies in our church invited people and and people had no idea or no faith base uh, in the context of Christianity just came and said, well, I don't know what this is all about, but I want to be part. And it was, we just realized it was a wonderful uh, outreach tool where they might not have come to an in-person meeting to a church building, but because it was a group of friends. In other words, some Christians, some people of other faith, some people of no faith, but because they do normal, what we call normal ordinary life together, because there was a watch party of five or six friends, they felt safe to go into this place or yeah. situation where they can hear and be confronted with this gospel of the good news. And they got saved, some of them. Amazing. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. And those are the things that we've, that as, we, as you asked me in the beginning, some of these things, the disruption of the situation is going to cause us to go in a total different direction and some of the interruption is to say there's certain things that we're going to do exactly the same, but it made us rethink how we will do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our episode. Please join us again throughout the week as we continue this conversation of what's next for the church. Like, share and subscribe this podcast and tell all your friends. Love you. Bye. Bye.